It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Cougars, your daily source for all things BYU athletics. I'm your host, Jay Catch. Coming up on today's show, we're talking about what Kalani Sitake had to say yesterday during his press conference, keyword being consistency. We'll talk about that here in this first segment. The second segment, former BYU head coach Bronco Mendenhall made some comments about being in a conference. Did he take a shot at BYU? We'll talk about it. And also in the third segment is our weekly staple on Tuesdays, former Cougar in the pros, how the guys playing in the NFL performed over the weekend. We'll get you up to date on that. Thanks again for downloading the show. It's a pleasure to bring it to you. Hopefully you all are having a great Tuesday. Thanks again for taking the time to join me here on Locked on Cougars. Of course, you can find the show as always by going on Twitter to Locked on Cougars. You can also find the show on Facebook under Locked on Cougars as well. My personal Twitter feed is at Jacob C. Hatch, where I kind of post everything. It's a smorgasbord of sports, BYU, MFL, college football, everything that I think is funny, even some pop culture stuff. You can find that there. If you are interested in reaching out to the show via email, you can do that as well. Email me at lockedonbyu at gmail.com. Happy to take your comments, concerns, questions, etc. Uh, if you have questions about advertising, we'd love to have you guys on board. We're still in the launch phase with the Locked On College arm of the Locked On Podcast Network. Have great rates, introductory rates that are steady that'll stay consistent for you if you are interested in advertising with us here. So you can hit me up about that at lockedonbyu at gmail.com. All right, Kalani Satake spoke to the media yesterday, and I mentioned right in the open there that the key word of the day, or Kalani Satake's word of the day for his press conference was consistency. Um, he said after reviewing the film, he wanted to see a consistent effort from his team. We'll let you hear his initial um, comments to the media yesterday, as well as some additional comments here in a moment. But Kalani Satake's taken a lot of the blame on himself, and he did this last year as well. I remember last year, I'm talking about around midseason, when the offensive woes and that long losing streak had really set in. He said, I know what I have to do. And ultimately, I think what he had to do was fire Ty Detmer. He did that immediately after the Cougars final game at Hawaii last season. And he made the change, brought Jeff Grimes in. And to be honest with you guys, the offensive numbers haven't improved all that much. BYU was ranked in the 100s again this year. Granted, not as low as they were under Ty Detmer, but those rankings are still in the hundreds on the offensive side of the ball. That needs to improve. And I think Kalani Satake is really feeling the weight of that. A lot of... um, naysayers, a lot of negative energy around the program right now, especially in light of that 7-6 to six loss to a MAC team, which is perceived to be on a level that is lower or beneath BYU by most pundits and fans' uh, thoughts. So Kalani Sitake, I think, is really feeling the pressure right now. He wants to get things right. He wants to do right by his alma mater. He loves the Cougars. I can tell you that much. I know how much this program means to him. He wants to get it right, but I think at this point, he's almost at a loss trying to figure out what's going on. It's looking like BYU is headed towards a 6-6 six and six season. A lot of people before the season said that was the benchmark they wanted to see BYU accomplish, but based on how the season has gone, you 
you start out three and one. You're ranked in the top 20 in the country. You proceed to go one and three in your next four. And with four games remaining, it looks like at best you'd be going two and two on paper. It's been an up and down season. And I think Kalani Satake is feeling the weight and pressure of what the job, head coaching job at BYU can mean. That doesn't mean I'm saying that he needs to abdicate the position, leave leave as the head coach and go elsewhere, or he needs to be fired. I'm not saying that at all. I think he's the right man for the job. There just needs to be some, some work put in that can really figure things out. I'd think that three years would be too soon to fire Kalani Satake as well. Uh, with BYU, especially in light of the large numbers of missionaries who go out and serve for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, he needs more time to get his guys in place and prove whether they're the right guys or not. And that won't be decided, I think, for at least two more years. Will he get two more years? That I can't say, but he deserves it, in my opinion. All right, here you go. Here's Kalani Satake's initial comments to the media yesterday. The first question just asked about what he saw on film after reviewing it uh, in terms of the Northern Illinois game. Here's what he had to say. Um, after evaluating over the weekend, I think the um, there's one thing that that's really disappointing. I know there's a lot of disappointment from last week's performance, but uh, we need to be more consistent as a team, and that's my job as a head coach. You know, to find a way to be consistent, even through. The, if you look at the season, uh, we we've played some really good games and played some really bad ones. You know, and. Um, even within the game, we've shown some really good things, uh, shown some good drives, and then it's just not consistent enough. And so uh, what I need to do as a head coach is find a way to get our team to be consistent because we have really good players, and they do everything we ask them to. They work hard. And so uh, really I, um, you know, I, I need to do a better job at making sure our team, our program, and our and that our results are more consistent on the field and it gives us a better chance for success now. Uh, that being said, I understand frustrations that are out there from fans, the expectations, and I, I, they're, they're valid, you know. So uh, my focus entirely is, is on trying to find a way to keep our team consistent and get the results we, that we need and the, and the results that I think our players deserve. So uh, that's going to be the focus and, and uh, trying to find a way to, to have better results and just, just to find ways to, to give our guys what they deserve and how hard they work to have it pay off. I told you guys the key word consistency. He wants to see consistent play from all three phases of his team. He's talked multiple times this year about having not seen a complete effort from his team and I would tend to agree with him. It seems like one week the offense may show up in terms of what we saw against Hawaii. Uh, Another week the defense shows up. Most recent example Northern Illinois. BYU held the Huskies to 7 points. 204 total yards. It should have been good enough for BYU to win that game but as I said on yesterday's on yesterday's podcast yes I mentioned the fact that it was just a vanilla game plan unlike anything I had seen needs to be better and I think Jeff Grimes and Aaron Roderick understand that and they will be working overtime this week to hopefully get it corrected ahead of Boise Will it show on the field against the Broncos? Who knows? I do know the Broncos' defense has suffered all kinds of injuries uh, especially along their defensive line 
They've simply been outscoring teams en route to a 6-2 record at this point, but I'm not sure BYU will have enough to go up there on the blue turf and win in a place that they haven't won before. They're 0-4 all time in Boise. A couple other comments from Kalani Satake here. I I asked him yesterday, he said in the postgame on Saturday night, he wanted to be more aggressive on offense. He wanted to see his team let it rip or sling the ball down the field. I asked him, uh, what he meant by that, and here was his response to that question. I think just the aggressive mindset, maybe just like the, the way in our approach and um, show more confidence in our guys, you know. And and, and uh, I mean, I, there's probably a, a lot going into that. I was emotional after the game, you know, and, and still am now. But I think that um, um, there's that's just probably so many th- so many things involved in that statement. And um, I just like to see more points on the board and uh, more disruption on defense. And I'll probably say that no matter what the score is after the Boise game. And uh, we could have success, and I'll probably say the same thing next Monday. So that's, yeah. He wants that aggressive mindset, and sadly, I felt like that was almost a cop-out answer in a way because I've heard that from Kalani Satake before. He said he wants a more aggressive offense. When we as the media ask him questions about, well, what do you want to see more aggressive, to be more aggressive? What do you want to see in particular? Well, I want us to be aggressive, an aggressive mindset. Okay, thanks for the answer, non-answer there, coach. I don't know exactly what he wants to see, but I do think, based on his comments, he wants to see the ball going downfield more often. The question is, do you have a wide receiver that can separate, get downfield, and open themselves up for a pass? Matt Bushman was BYU's best deep threat last Saturday against Northern Illinois, and he's a tight end. Maybe you have some tight end streaks that go down the field with Bushman and see if you can catch them. The tight end position, though, as Matt Bushman said yesterday, has absolutely been decimated due to injury. They're down to three guys currently. Matt Bushman, Dallin Holker, and converted offensive lineman Addison Pulsifer. Uh, Bushman confirmed yesterday, and I don't know if this has been widely reported, that Hank Tui-Pelotu, a returned missionary true freshman, uh, was expected to kind of step into the role when Marone Laulu Pututau got hurt. He has been injured. Um, based on how Bushman framed the, the, his answer, it sounds like it's a long-term, if not season-ending injury for Tui Pelotu, which further thins this already thin position group. As JJ and Wigway, as previously reported, is redshirting this year, going to likely move over to the defensive line. And of course, Marone Laulu Pututau out with that ACL injury. So I don't know. I'm not sure that they can afford to have Matt Bushman running streaks all game long because they will need him in tight end sets to help set the edge in the run game. Who knows where that deep threat comes from, but BYU needs to find it because it sounds like that's what Kalani Satake wants to see. He wants to see plays that take the top off of the defense in football parlance. He wants to see deep shots, shots down the field. And I'm just not convinced that BYU has a guy on the roster currently that can do that. All right, final comments uh, from Kalani Satake here was him talking about the issue of BYU wins a game and they can't string together two games. It's the great quote from Major League from the old manager there. Well, if we win one today and we win tomorrow, it's a winning streak. Well, BYU hasn't been able to do that. And here was Kalani Satake's response to Jay Drew, who asked the question about why BYU can't win two in a row. The inconsistency, it's, it's my fault. That's why. You know, as a head coach, I need to find a way to get them more consistent. And that's, uh, I don't know any other way to answer that, but then 
I need to find a way to make sure that our team's consistent. And I think the best way to do it is devise a plan where they can all have success and we can use their skill set and their strengths. And that's the goal. But that's, I think that's kind of the theme right now. I should first bring out that banner out there because just read it and that's going to be the answer to every question that you ask me. So, Operative word consistency. That's what Klein Satake went with yesterday, and we'll take him at his word for it. He's taken a lot of this blame on himself, but it only goes for so long, and I'm, I know I'm not in a position to advocate uh, for Klein Satake to listen what, to what I'm saying, but I'm just saying from my personal standpoint, he can take the blame on himself for only so long before either he lo- loses his job or he decides he's had enough and takes off. We'll see how it goes. We're going to talk about a coach here in a minute that did leave BYU. He's now across the country in Virginia. Has his team nationally ranked for the first time in seven years. That would be Bronco Mendenhall. Had some mister- interesting comments during his weekly press conference yesterday speaking directly to the independent status of BYU and why he prefers working inside the Atlantic Coast Conference as he does with the Wahoos. We'll talk about that next. Before we do that, though, do want to tell you about our good friends at Sling TV. They are your best option when you want to watch college football this season. If you need to catch your team, speaking of the BYU Cougars or otherwise, Sling TV is your best bet. For just $30 a month, you get ESPN, the Pac-12 Network, SEC Network, and more to make sure you catch all of the college football you can handle. Of course, Sling TV allows you to stream it on your big screen and across all of your favorite devices, phones, tablets, etc. Sling TV's motto is it gives you the live TV you love, only better. No useless channels. You pick the channels you want with Sling TV. It's all a cart. There are no long-term contracts, no hidden fees. You know exactly what you're paying right up front, and of course, you can cancel at any time. Sling TV wants to let Locked On Cougars listeners have a chance to check it out and see if it's the right thing for them. You can get a seven-day free trial by going to sling.com slash locked on. That's sling.com slash locked on, S-L-I-N-G dot com slash locked on. Check it out, guys. Free seven-day trial and see if being a cord cutter might be the right option for you. Check it out once again. And that's sling.com slash locked on. The NCAA tournament is almost here. And listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. are locked on Cougars. We are your daily source for all things BYU. Thanks again for downloading the show. If you're new, hopefully you guys are enjoying the podcast. It's my goal with this show to bring you all the relevant BYU information you can handle. That way you sound like you're the smartest man in the room when you're talking to the water cooler or among your friends. Uh, You can find us, of course, on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Store, Spotify, and of course you can tell your smart speakers to play podcasts locked on Cougars. You can find us there as well. Uh, Please share this with your family and friends. I love it when I hear from people that say, hey, I've shared this with everybody I know, and I like that you guys are consistently sharing the show. Also, rating and reviewing it on the different podcast platforms that you're downloading the show on. I know it's a trivial thing, and I ask a lot about doing that, but it really does help with the show's popularity and the algorithms that these podcast catchers use to promote the show internally. 
When I say the words Bronco Mendenhall, what comes to mind to you guys? I know a lot of you have differing opinions on Bronco Mendenhall, his tenure at BYU, um, how he's been perceived in the media, etc. But he uh, spoke yesterday during his weekly press conference at Virginia, and he went for 30 minutes. He had some comments about recruiting at BYU, and some people were asking him, okay, well, what's the difference now that you're recruiting at Virginia? And he talked about how the lens of BYU being the vast, vast majority LDS. He said he quoted, I think, 98.5 percent of the of the school are members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints, and he talked about how in that prism, recruiting at BYU was unique. Um, he also went on later because Virginia is now ranked for the first time since 2011. I believe they're ranked 23rd in the AP poll. The college football playoff rankings will come out later this evening. Interested to see where Utah, Utah State, and also Virginia may stack up in the national title races because that, that's the college football playoff rankings are the ones that really matter. That's what determines the college football playoff, the New Year's Six games. But Virginia's in the mix here, looking like they have the inside track currently to winning the Coastal Division of the ACC. Uh, they are in the opposite division of Clemson, who is ranked second in the country. Looks like a juggernaut once again. But Virginia could legitimately go 10-2 and two under Bronco Mendenhall this year. Would be an absolutely incredible turnaround what he has done in Charlottesville. And he talked – well, a question was asked to Bronco Mendenhall yesterday about um, – his time at BYU, both in a conference and as an independent, uh, the question was asked about him uh, maybe looking back at his time at BYU early in his tenure when he was in the Mountain West Conference and doing co- a conference title race. If he looks back at some of the notes, or I think the quote was binders, you'll hear the question here in a moment. Uh, Bronco answered the question directly like he always does. He always did. Bronco is a man that will, if you ask a good direct question, I've mentioned this on the podcast in the past. If you've listened long term, you've heard me mention this before. I covered Bronco for the latter half of his tenure roughly at BYU. I always appreciated his candor. Um, He always had an interesting way of expressing his thoughts, but he was very consistent. And if you asked a good direct question, he gave you a solid, direct, thoughtful answer. So a question was asked by a media member yesterday. You'll hear the question and you'll hear the response and we'll debate the merit of what Bronco said. And if this is truly a shot at BYU here in a moment, here's the audio. I think BYU went independent in 2011. So you haven't kind of been in a title race as a coach in a while either. So kind of two questions. One, are you having fun? Two, did you go back to old binders at, for, you know, title race time of year? Or kind of how are you framing it? No, um, haven't haven't needed to go back to, to title, title uh, race binders. It's refreshing to not have to travel all across the country to play games that not many people maybe are interested in later in the year. Early in the year as an independent, there's strong interest because people are willing to play. Later in the year when conference races begin, folks don't line up to play BYU or travel to Provo. So it's a neutral playing field that every game matters. They all have significant influence and, and import. Is I think it's just good for the players. It's great for the mindset of the organization. It's a more meaningful and rich college experience when you're part of a conference and especially if uh, you're performing well enough to be in the hunt going into November, December. 
There you go. Bronco Mendenhall speaking on BYU independent status, and he believes that conference structure, having a chance in a conference race, is a more richly rewarding uh, place for a student athlete to be. I can't quibble with Bronco Mendenhall's personal opinion on the matter. There, I can't do that because he spoke honestly and truthfully about what he thinks of independent status versus being part of a conference. And currently, he has his team on the inside track to a division title in the ACC Coastal Division. They're likely, if they were to run the table here, could be a 9- or 10-win team, which would just be a monumental effort and a crowning achievement for Bronco Mendenhall. It proves he has rebuilt two programs having done it at BYU and at Virginia in pretty quick fashion in both places. And he understands what it's like to be an independent. He also understands what likes what it's like to be at the G5 level in the Mountain West. Now he's at the Power 5 level. He has seen it from all different sides, and he believes that a conference structure is what is best for student-athletes, and I think that's what he would like to see for BYU. I have always appreciated Bronco Mendenhall's candor. I don't know him personally. I only know him in a media setting, and he's always been a guy who will speak directly to you if you ask him a direct question. Question, and I think that's what he was doing with this reporter. I don't think it was a shot at BYU. I don't think he's over there meticulously like, how can I get back at my former employer? Bronco Mendenhall cares about the Cougars. I, he, he cares about the BYU football program. He's had family members that played there. He legitimately went to Oregon State simply so he could play at Lavelle Edwards Stadium on that field when BYU wouldn't recruit him out of Snow College. I think Bronco Mendenhall cares about the long-term health of the BYU Cougars football program and was speaking directly and candidly about it. Now, my personal opinion on this is BYU is stuck between a rock and a hard place currently. I fully understand why BYU went independent when they did. They were doing it in response to the awful TV situation the Mountain West Conference had at the time. Going with the Mountain as your exclusive broadcast partner was an awful, awful deal. Worse than what the Pac-12 networks are currently facing. Just an awful deal. So BYU made the move to independence in response to that. They got an exclusive contract with ESPN, the first team to do so. Uh, I believe Texas is the only other one that has that, and they got it in relation to having the Longhorn Network in the Big 12. I also will acknowledge that BYU did make this move in response to their longtime running mate, the University of Utah, getting a call up to the so-called big leagues. Getting to the P5 level as a member of the Pac-12, BYU was not about to let uh, themselves languish in the Mountain West Conference without a running mate that they thought would be a long-term partner with them. Could they have stayed and built up something with Boise State and TCU while TCU was still there until the Horned Frogs made the leap to the Big 12? Maybe so, but I understand why BYU made the move. Now, looking at it seven or almost eight years later, in BYU's independent era, they are stuck for a good little while here. They're going to have to wait until the next round of TV negotiations happens with the Power Five conferences. I know they had that uh, summer romance affair with pursuing uh, Big 12 membership just recently. I will be forever convinced that the Big 12 brought that up made that a thing simply to distract from the complete eyesore that Baylor football under Art Bryles and Ian McCaw's direction 
caused for that conference. They said, we need to distract from what is going on here because Baylor could be facing major, major sanctions, which they've avoided in large part to this point. And they did so by bringing up conference realignment and BYU was right in the mix of that. I do know that there were ADs. I can speak to this directly. There were athletic directors in the Big 12 that believed BYU was team number 11 in a new revamped Big 12. The only problem was they didn't have a 12th team and they were not about to do, to make a one-team addition. They were going to go two teams or none at all, but I'm still convinced that the decision they made was to distract from Baylor. Now BYU is stuck waiting. They're going to play out independent status for however long they have to, and they'll probably be until twenty the mid-2020s. I believe the Big Ten contract comes up first, 2022-2023, somewhere in there. The Big 12 contract, which is the one I think BYU is going to be watching very closely. will come up, I believe, in 2024. That's when BYU's next I guess, strategic move will happen. I do know that they're currently either preparing for or just beginning negotiations on a new ESPN or media rights contract for BYU football. I would expect that Fox, uh, CBS, some of these big broadcasters will likely be brought in to negotiate this, but I would expect that BYU remains with ESPN. They have a long-standing relationship with the people in Bristol. But BYU is going to have to negotiate something that carries them through 2024. Or if they decide to opt to stay independent long term, negotiate something further or more long term or have an out in the contract for that time frame. I don't know what's ultimately going to play out for BYU, but I believe the Cougars are best served to just make do with what they've got for the next six to seven years until they can make their next strategic decision on what they're going to do. So getting back to the point, Bronco Mendenhall was speaking frankly and openly, and that's what he does, and hats off to him. I think he cares about the BYU football program from afar. He spent far too long running BYU to not uh, come away, I think, with some level of attachment to that program, and I think he wants what's best for BYU ultimately. All right, we'll take a time out here. We'll come back, talk about the other guys playing in the NFL, the former Cougars and the pros, a Tuesday staple here on the show. Before we do that, though, do need to tell you guys about Vivid Seats. Vivid Seats is your opportunity to give you live experience entertainment options that will last you a lifetime. With Vivid Seats, listeners to Locked On Cougars can watch your favorite teams, speaking of BYU, artists, or theater performances in person. They help you find your seats to your favorite live events with great prices and an easy purchasing experience. Using the promo code Locked On, Locked On Cougars listeners can receive $20 off your order of $200 or more if you are a first-time customer of Vivid Seats. What you need to do to redeem that offer is go to the App Store or Google Play, download the Vivid Seats app, then enter the promo code locked on to receive $20 off that order of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. That's 10% off, folks, so check it out. Of course, all Vivid Seats confirmed orders are backed up by a 100% guarantee. Check it out, guys. Go to Vivid Seats, use the promo code locked on, save yourself some money, and get out to your favorite events. More in a moment. This is Locked On Cougars. NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, 
your team every day. Talking former Cougars and the pros as we close out today's show. Thanks again for downloading us. Five former Cougars were in action in week seven of the NFL's regular season. So another weekend full of NFL action for former BYU players. We'll start off with John Denny, the longtime long snapper for the Miami Dolphins. Served again as a long snapper, played at 10 snaps on special teams. Didn't have any tackles, so he has eight games as the starting long snapper, continuing his long Ironman streak for the Dolphins. He has one solo tackle in the season as well as three assisted tackles. John Denny, what a career he's had and it continues on. Taysom Hill, the Swiss Army Knife there in New Orleans for the Saints. He actually was listed as a starter at tight end because he was out on the first play of the game. New Orleans beat Minnesota 30-20 to on Sunday night. Uh, did a lot once again as he normally does. Three carries for minus two yards. One 44-yard pass to Michael Thomas that set up a touchdown. He had a five-yard reception and yes, also two kickoff returns for 50 yards. Played 18 total snaps on offense and 18 on special teams. Continues to get it done. It's truly impressive what New Orleans is doing with Taysom Hill. I'll be honest, I'm not convinced he's a long-term starting option, a quarterback in the NFL, but his versatility is going to make him money however long he decides to play professional football. Kyle Van Noy started at linebacker for the New England Patriots in their Monday night victory over Buffalo last night. Seven solo tackles for Van Noy, one assisted tackle, one tackle for loss, two sacks, two quarterback hurries, and yes, one forced fumble. Just an absolutely monster game for Van Noy, an absolute breakout performance. He talked about earlier this week I saw some stories about how he believes Bill Belichick saved his career and I think he truly did bringing him over from Detroit Van Noy continues to reward New England with stellar play for their linebacking core so hats off to Van Noy another big game for him hopefully he keeps it up another linebacker that played well was Fred Warner of course starting once again for that's in, starting once again excuse me for San Francisco in their 18 to 15 loss to Arizona he had six solo tackles on the game, one assisted tackle and also a fumble recovery. Fred Warner remains in the top 10 in the NFL in total tackles. He's number 8 this week with a total of 65 tackles. Number 7 on the list in solo tackles with 48 on the season. He started all 8 games in his career so far. Just a truly incredible effort from Fred Warner. I'm excited to see how his career develops. I believe he's part of a young core of linebackers with Ruben Foster there in San Francisco. I know the Niners suck. I should know. I'm a big-time 49ers fan, but he is part of a defense that I think has the pieces to become very good down the road. Finally here, Jamal Williams came in as a substitute in Green Bay's 29-27 loss to the LA Rams, carried the ball four times for nine yards, including his first touchdown of the year, a five-yard touchdown run. Uh, He played only 25% of the snaps in the game, so he's had five starts this year. He continues to kind of be part of a backfield rotation with Aaron Jones and Ty Montgomery, but that should open up as Ty Montgomery, who came under fire for his, uh, let's say, dubious decision to return the ball late in that game that led to the Rams' win by not giving Aaron Rodgers a chance to win the game. 
was traded uh, to Baltimore. So that thins out the running back rotation in Green Bay. It should allow Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams to carry the load. Jamal kind of gets the nod because he is just an absolute stud when it comes to pass protection. So there you go. Those are the players that are performing well in the NFL. We'll keep you up to date each week on Tuesdays after the end of an NFL weekend. It starts on Thursdays, runs through Monday night. We'll keep you updated on former Cougars and the pros as the season progresses. And good to see these guys producing at the highest levels. All right, that's the show for today. Thanks again for downloading us. It's been a blast to bring it to you guys. We'll be back tomorrow. Um, I meant to mention earlier, I should have done this earlier, but we'll talk more about the new commitment, Elijah Unatoa, uh, offensive line commitment from Kapa'a High School out there in Kauai, Hawaii. We'll talk about him tomorrow. I'm going to look at his film tonight, get some of my thoughts and gather some information on him. We'll talk about him tomorrow as well. Also hoping to catch up with some players at practice today and tomorrow as we normally do and get their thoughts on the Cougars. So that'll be coming up on tomorrow's show. Thanks again for downloading us. Hope you guys all have a great Tuesday. Come back tomorrow for more on the Cougars with the Locked on Cougars podcast. This has been the show for October 30th, 2018. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.